Here on this Dundonian Life, I'll be introducing you to the city of Dundee in Scotland. Dundee is a city which is going through a lot of change and yet the city's voice needs to be heard louder than ever before. On this podcast, I will be sharing stories of Dundee from all angles, as well as making episodes which are dedicated to Dundee and the things that are going on here. I'm Andrew Batchelor and welcome to This Dundonian Life. Today marks 10 years since it was the final time we celebrated my auntie Lorraine's birthday. If you've been a Dundee Culture follower for a long time, you might have seen me mention her a few times on Dundee Culture. The reason being is because she was an inspiration to me due to her love for Dundee and ultimately was the inspiration behind Dundee Culture. She was a very proud Dundonian and loved Dundee so much and she probably loved it even more than me. 10 years on since we last celebrated her birthday, I want to celebrate her life in true Dundee fashion. You might have seen today on Dundee Culture a specially commissioned drawing of me and my auntie Lorraine on the Dundee Law from Neil Solrens, a well-known and respected artist from Scotland. You may have seen some of his drawings from the awesome comics which centred around politics to drawn acts from the world of Eurovision. This special drawing takes inspiration from the time she took me and my brother up the law to see Dundee from the best possible angle. And I want to thank Neil so much for this beautiful drawing. It hangs up above my desk in my studio where I can see it every day. To remember my auntie Lorraine 10 years on, I wanted to talk about Dundee Multis. The reason being is that my auntie grew up in one when she was younger. She along with my mum, my granddad and my gran lived in the Multis. And I also remember sitting in the living room where she showed me videos of the Multis she lived in. On a laptop that she bought me for Christmas one year. But although she didn't get to see Dundee culture, she is close to it every single day, literally. We planted a rose tree which contains her ashes, and now she sits peacefully next door to Dundee culture studio where she blooms every year. She isn't here now, but I'm pretty sure that she would be proud to see the change Dundee has made. And to my Aunt Lorraine, we will forever miss you, but most of all, we will always love you. Dundee Multis have been a distinct feature of Dundee's skyline over the course of the past few decades and there have been many over the piece and all have their own stories. Today on this Dundonian Life we're talking all things Maltese, from Hilltown to Alexandra Street to Fintry to Trotic. There are so many to talk about, but there's one which will be the focus for today, and that is the Ardler Maltese. Act 1. Great Memories at Dunfield Court Dundee Multis date back to the 1960s and at that time the need for housing was demanded and it was affordable housing which was still apparent in Dundee in the aftermath of the Second World War. Despite this, Multis were a desired choice by many when they were built since it was cheaper and had a strong sense of community due to people living next to one another in their blocks. And at its height, there was a total of 44 Multis that were built in the city. And the average cost of a weekly rent rate on a Multi was £1.50. Now to this day, only 11 remain. And many of the Multis were built in Dundee were built in the 1960s. But the Highland wasn't. The Highland can be considered as the first multi-story built in the city. And that was in the year of 1870, which used to house the jute mill workers. But due to the safety concerns of the building, it was demolished in the 1960s. 
Multi-stories, which modern-day Dundones may know, that were built in the 60s, mainly consisted of the likes of Alexander Street Multis, the Derby Street Multis, the Trotic Multis, the Lockheed Multis and the Municipal Multis. And Drybell was the first multi-complex to be built in the 1960s. But Ardler is the main one I wanted to talk about today and there's a certain reason why. I've never lived in a multi-story or flat in my life, but I've had a family stay at one. The Ardler Multis is where my mum, my auntie and my gran and my granddad lived throughout the late 1960s all the way through to the 70s. They lived in 7B Dimfield Court, which was the second set of Multis. It was in the late 1960s when the Ardler Multis were built, and the reason for this was due to the need of affordable housing. And construction of the Ardler Multis began in 1966, and the people started moving into the Multis shortly after the completion in 1968. And the select few included my gran, my granddad and my auntie, who moved into Dunfield Court in that same year. And a year later my mum was born and then she was living there with them. Now those who lived in the Multis, they have their own memories and their own stories. And when researching, my mum talked about all the, the life that she lived in the Multis and the stories she had, some of which are very funny. When they moved into Dunfield Court in 1968, my granddad was well pleased with the purchase of his new home for the family. The multis they lived in consisted of two bedrooms, a living room, a kitchen, a bathroom and for being equipped with all these amenities, it was obviously a great purchase for Grandad and my gran. We're living in the 21st century where we connect with each other through phones and desktops, through social media and texting and it is easy to socialise over the internet. But obviously in the 20th century you didn't have these things that were commonly used at this time. It was a different time. And one of the many things those living in the multis was creating your own fun. My mum recalls that the middle car park between the first and second of the Ardler multis was where you used to do activities, but it depended on the season or what was going on at the time. When Wimbledon was on, it was hitting tennis balls against the two multis buildings, and also during certain football events, it would be turned into a football pitch. And by the winter, it was a snowman building area where people built snowmans and also had snowball fights. It was a peaceful and fun, but there was also times where you had to challenge. When the ice cream fan came, those living in the Maltese screamed for their life up to their mums, simply asking for money to purchase an ice cream from the van. Your mum would then place a 10 pence coin into a piece of toilet paper and then came with the challenge of trying to dodge it and then grab it. That was one of the big connections you had living in those Maltese. The Ardler Maltese was considered a big village because you knew everyone living in your block, you felt safe and there was a close community vibe. The sense of Ardler being a big village was clearly shown when you were guising at Halloween because you didn't need to go out of the multi-complex to guise because the community was already there, literally at your doorstep. And that leads us on to Christmas when my 7 year old auntie Lorraine was told by a classmate that Santa wasn't real. She went to Grandad and asked him, is Santa real? And in response, and at a great timing I should say, my granddad lifted her up and who did she see? Santa. Yes, he was spotted, a man in a red suit, shouting ho ho ho. And all the kids living in the block used to look out their windows. What they were unaware of though was the fact that Santa was actually a random man dressed as Santa who came back walking from the local pub. But it was enough for my auntie Lauren to see her faith restored and believe in Santa after my granddad said to her, was no real. There were many common things you did when you stayed in the multis. One being chucking your rubbish down the chute to the bins below where they would pick it up. You also had many walking down the stairs belting out singing. 
And one other interesting thing was that all the inhabitants of Ardalan Rutledge went to three schools, and only those three schools, Ardalor, St Fergus or Black Shade, was one of the three schools that you could choose from. My mum and auntie went to St Fergus. My mum told me of a time where in the playground the Maltese looked onto the school and pupils at St Fergus were frightened for their life after there was a mysterious thing standing at one of the windows of the Maltese. And ironically, it was in Dumfield Court where they stayed. The people thought the mysterious thing was a monster walking down on the pupils. And it was terrifying for them, so much so, the teachers came along to calm them down and reassure them it was nothing to worry about. And they were right. There was nothing to worry about. Because it was eventually found to have been a plant pot sitting on the ledge of a windowsill. That's kids' imagination for you. But life was good in the Maltese for my mum, auntie, gran and granddad. It was very interesting to hear about the stories and experiences my mum had when she was living there. Seeing Ardalor always fascinates me, and it's something worth great talking about and sharing these stories and memories. I'll be looking at the state of play for Dundee's Maltese as we head into the 21st century and what life is like now. Stay tuned. Act 2. The Legacy of the Maltese We've now reached Act 2 in our look at the Maltese in our city, and we head into the 21st century. And unfortunately, as the city has progressed, more and more Maltese have started to get pulled down. The reason being was because there were alternative options, such as flats or council housing and social housing, as well as the regeneration Dundee is going through at the moment. As mentioned earlier, there was a total of 44 Maltese at its height in the 1960s, and currently there's only 11 remaining. 33 Maltese were demolished between the 1990s and the 2010s, and it felt like a piece of Dundee history was ripped apart. The Alexander Street Maltese are probably the most notable demolition of any multi-storey block in Dundee. It was in 2011 that many gathered on top of the Dundee Law and from the city's waterfront to see the Maltese being knocked down. It was kind of sad seeing it as many called it home and although we perceive change as a positive thing, it can also be considered a sad thing. And I remember seeing former residents cry as they were being interviewed and it was sad. Similarly, in 2013, the Derby Street Maltese in Hilton were demolished, the twin towers of different colours, one strip red and one strip blue. And those Maltese, Buckermaker Court and Butterburn Court, were two of the tallest buildings in the city, and they were a prominent part to the Dundee skyline, and after they were demolished, the skyline had changed dramatically. I even remember it here from the house, as it was only a mile away. Some of the other Maltese that were also demolished was Ardler, Trotic, Lockheed and Minas Hill. But even as the living remain, there are still many living in them, and that's great to see. But the unfortunate thing is that they too could be demolished in a situation when people either move out of them or pass on. But that hasn't happened, and I hope that some Maltese continue to remain as they're an important part to our culture and our history. But what great thing that comes out of this is no matter what happens, the Dundee Maltese will forever be part of our culture. Take Ardalor for instance, the court names led to being the inspiration behind the street names where the houses were that replaced the Maltese at Ardalor. It is so good that our memory of those Maltese that were demolished lives on forever through the legacy it has. And as always, I'm Andrew Batchelor and this has been This Dundonian Life. Mm-hmm.